Welcome to Two Funny Astronauts. I'm your co-host, Garrett Reisman. And I'm your other co-host, Mike Massimino. And remember, Two Funny Astronauts, we're not saying we're funny people. We're just saying we're funny for astronauts. The low bar. Low bar. But today, Garrett, we have, we have a special guest who really is not only a funny <laughs> astronaut, but a very funny person. Our good friend. Right, for a human being. For a human he, being. He's, he's, I would consider <laughs> For him funny. a regular guy. Yeah. For anybody. This guy is funny. One of the funniest astronauts yeah. ever. Charlie Kamata, our good friend and colleague, is with us today. Charlie, thanks, thanks for coming on and spending some time with us. Thank you for having me, guys. And you know, now you're making me nervous. Now I'm supposed to be, now I'm supposed to be funny. But you know, when I first heard that you two guys were doing this, and when I heard the first couple of podcasts, I said, "This is, this is amazing. This is amazing. You got, you got everything covered. You got a tall Italian guy. You got a short Jewish guy. You got all the jokes covered." You got you got a lock on on everything. As a matter of fact, thank yes, that's it, it is a good deal. And and it's, uh, to our listeners, as you can hear immediately, uh, it's kind of obvious. Uh, Charlie, thank you for joining us today from Wichita. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Garrett, I, good you, go ahead. I, it's good that you can take time out from milking the cows <laughs> yeah, to uh, to join us here on the show. Thank you. Right. It, Never mind. Believe it or not, <laughs> believe it or not, Garrett, I spent over half my life. In the South. Yeah. I just. Yep. I really, oh, and, and yep. Langley. And Langley. Because, yep. uh, yeah, you, you can take the boy. That's you, right. Cause you, go, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Garrett. No, no, no. I was going to say you can take the boy out of New York City, but you can't take the New York City out of the boy. No, I don't care no, where I mean, you move to. Yeah. You could be on the. I don't care what planet you go to. You're still from New York City, Charlie. Let, let me tell you, it was definitely culture yeah. shock when I left Queens, New York, and drove down the Eastern Shore. To uh, to live in Hampton, Virginia, uh, I I didn't know what the heck to expect. I remember pulling over and getting my car, getting gas. And I remember the guy came out and filled my tank, and then he started washing the windows. And I went to tip him, <laughs> and he said, "Oh no 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 no, I, I can't I can't take a tip." And I go, "Oh my god, where the hell am I moving to? What is happening?" But anyway. You know, was it weird that like, when you went into like a fancy restaurant, you went into the bathroom? Did you feel strange that there wasn't a guy there to hand you a lollipop and some cologne? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I always thought that was a great. You know, uh, I, how do you get those jobs, Garrett? I don't know. How do you apply for those jobs? What are the qualifications for those jobs? But I mean, it was uh, it was a respectable job, just like doorman in New York, right? Although doorman is a professional job. Dorman is a serious right. job in New York City. It keeps the city. It, th I think mm -hmm. the the only reason the city is a safe place is because of the doorman. No one gets by those guys. Them. They're always and there. Waiters. They're always and guarding waiters, the door. Waiters and waitresses in New York. I've not. We grew up. I grew up. My buddy's uh, father was a waiter, and it was professional waiter in a great restaurant in Manhattan. I mean, there were those were no, great that's, jobs. That's, that's some serious skill there, but Gary. We've got we've got so many stories, Garrett. I, I hate to interrupt with a story already, but you were talking about the animals with Charlie milking a cow. Charlie, do you remember we were in a, we were in the uh, we're, we're going to get into our nose training, but just to set us up, Charlie and I were were you know, and Garrett as well, of course, New Yorkers, and we didn't you know, we didn't really have that much exposure to a lot of wild animals and the outdoors and everything. And we were in at an airport. Where Charlie, I think we were like in Colorado Springs or some place out there when we were going on nose trip. And we went to the airport, and there was and Dex was with us, 
and it was a bunch of animals like set up in a display, like you know, real animals that were stuffed. You know, they they were there. It was a welcome to Colorado. These are the animals you can kill. So, and they had like a bunch of them, and one of them we didn't know what it was. They had like you know ones we would recognize. And I remember Dex was looking for his luggage. He was kind of irritated a little bit. Our friend Alan Poindexter and Charlie's like, Mike, what animal is that over there? And I'm looking at this thing. I don't know what the hell it is. You know, I don't know. I, I don't know. And, he, and we go, Dex, what is that thing over there? And he's kind of, he looks at it, he goes, it's a mountain goat. I'm like, oh, it's a mountain goat. And he kind of is like irritated with the New Yorkers. And he points at the one next to it. He goes, and that, that's a bear. And I was, that yeah, You know what there, I thought you bear. were going to say? You know what? what I thought you were going to say, Mike, is that there was a jackalope there, and you actually thought it was a real yeah, animal. That would have fooled me. No, that, yeah, that one would have fooled me. Yeah, anyway. you know what a jackalope is, right? Oh, of course. Okay. I, I remember going on a – I went to a camp. Okay, Garrett, because for, these for are the jokes, Garrett. These are the jokes. you got to laugh, Garrett. You're not, you're not oh, laughing. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> no, I don't know what it – no, I don't, I, I don't know jackalope. But the, uh, I remember going on this hike when I was in camp with this kid, Eric Pfefferman, uh, a kid from Jer We all grew up in Jersey there, and now he's out in the wilderness for the first time. We're hiking. We see a bunch of deer, and he goes, oh, look at those cows. Actually, believe it or not, believe it or not, City Mike, boys. I grew up, as you know, in Ozone Park, Queens. We had a dairy farm. Really? Like, a half a mile away from my house, really? we had a dairy farm in ozone park queens plus i was in the boy scouts i don't know were you in the boy scouts mike i was in the boy scouts we had different he had different merit badges in new york city than he did the rest of the uh than the rest of the <laughs> yeah. country though oh like yeah new york, new york city subway merit badge uh cleaning up graffiti <laughs> merit badge Picking uh, pockets ad identifying the different species of rats <laughs> yeah that was that was the merit badges we had in new york. a little bit different right, than the I rest of the country I hate, I hate to say it, Mike. I, it's hard to believe when I hear you say that you were a Boy Scout because I was on survival training with you. I don't. So what? What were you like? Uh, did you make it to first class scout, or were you still going through the? No, I only bed? made it. I only made it to Weeblo. I never really was a Boy Scout. I guess I was a Cub Scout. That's, no, no, that's a Cub Scout, Mike. Yeah, I was that's a Cub, Cub scout. scout. I never made oh, it to Boy Scout. I made it to Weeblo. That's something we have. That's something we have in common. I failed out of the wee blue. How about you, Gary? I couldn't I handle think, the pressure. Sure you all those like... badges, you know, there's all that yeah. pressure. You got you to gotta be constantly earning new badges, and, and I couldn't handle it. <laughs> you I, I you were definitely an out. underachiever, huh? <laughs> okay. yeah. no, I mean, it was too, too much stress. But, Charlie, you made it. You were a Boy Scout? You made it to Boy Scout? <laughs> I made it to Boy Scout, and uh, I actually made it to first class scout. I was in Troop 91. I was the knot tying champ of Troop 91. Wow. You yeah, worked so with was, tying you know, knots. I was, I, was, I was an overachiever. Yeah. But, you know, of course, we had some people, in, of course, in the astronaut office, you had some people that made it to Order of the Palms, Eagle Scout. We had Don Pettit that he was off the charts. I think he used to round, run around naked in the woods and got a special merit badge in, uh, <laughs> in the Boy Scouts, the Explorer Scouts. I made it up to, through the Boy Scouts. But, you know, of course, it was very hard, Garrett. I don't know how it was in New Jersey, but pitching a tent, and hitting those tent pegs through the asphalt was a little bit more difficult than when you were out, than yeah. you were out in the woods. That's, right. It, was That's a, right. it was a little bit different. It was hard. Yeah. Yeah. Getting the stakes to the sidewalk is tough. <laughs> <laughs> but 
But anyway, I think I think you have an ideal. Uh, I think you got an ideal program. I think with with all the diverse people we have in the astronaut office, I think this could this could you could promote jobs for astronauts for ex astronauts to do lots of different things, kind of like cable and and Netflix, right? You could have uh, two crazy astronauts could do, <laughs> yeah. could do a show. Yeah. Well, yeah. Better yet, two narcissistic astronauts. How many of those do we have? <laughs> oh, man. You can have a whole channel. You, you, can, you started something, I'm telling you. Yeah. That's All right. those guys are going to come out of retirement and start doing other jobs now. We're going to get cast in roles. I, I never really thought this was, a, you can say this to be a job. <laughs> What's your job? I'm a crazy <laughs> astronaut. <laughs> Uh, that's another story but that's yeah. another story of course well, we, we had a very large class we we did and we, i'm really glad you liked the show charlie and uh and and really thrilled that you you're actually the person that's been listening we've been searching for you we didn't <laughs> and, and so th- thanks thanks for listening and it, you, you you know you've already you know we have this thing going we're all we're all from the same area though very different of course garrett was in new jersey i was in long island and you were really in the city you know, in, in, in born in Brooklyn, if I remember right, and and raised in uh, right on the borderline, right yeah. on the borderline. I was Ozone Park, which right. was right next to East New York, which was the which was Brooklyn, right? Yeah. So we have the five boroughs, of course. But really, if you grew up in one of the five boroughs, New York, Manhattan was really New York. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, that's still New York, New York being being the city. But it's you know it's what's kind of interesting is that when you think about I, I, when I was a kid thinking about people who grew up to be astronauts you thought of someone from the country or you know John Glenn from Ohio or something like that but you know you can do it from from anywhere you know, even from from New York City right, right? where you're not exposed then, to a lot of outdoor stuff necessarily and then look at what we found out how many New York astronauts there are yeah. right yeah yeah there's a lot Bill Bill Shep Shepherdson Shepherdson and um, <laughs> Kevin Kriegel Ellen Baker. <laughs> Mario Runco. Mario Runco, yeah. I, Mario I'm not Runko, sure I know yeah. Bill Shepardson. <laughs> See, yeah. Bill Shepard, Bill, Bill Shepard. Shepard. <laughs> we'll Shep. Shepard. Shepard. You know, they're making new astronauts all the time. No, there could be guys. I don't, I don't want to get but so, so far, wait, for, wait, for our listeners, let me just interject <laughs> that uh, uh, Bill Shepard was the first commander on the ISS. <laughs> He was also a former Navy SEAL, and he was famous for, um, amongst other things, when he came in for his astronaut interview, they asked him, do you have any special skills yeah. that we should be aware of that are unique to, to compared to the other candidates? And he sat back and he thought about it for a bit, and he looked right at the, 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 uh, the board and he said, I'm very good at killing a man with a knife. <laughs> <laughs> And so they hired him because they're too scared to say no. Yeah, right. And that's the guy that you just you just forgot his name and and, Bill and Shepherd. I, Bill Shepherd. I, I would be nervous oh, if God, I were you. He's going to yeah. kill me. How many times <laughs> we did gigs at the Cradle of Aviation in Long Island? Yeah, he lives right here in in Virginia Beach. He's a great guy. Really, really sharp guy. Really quiet guy. Yeah, you know. And yeah. so. You know, we were going to talk about we were going to talk about water survival, yeah. right? And I live in Virginia Beach, and there's lots of Navy SEALs around here. I got a Navy SEAL right across the lake from me. I love it. A Navy SEAL and a cop. I don't have to buy a gun. I don't have to have a knife. I'm 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 totally protected. <laughs> but you know, when I was when I first got 
the um, the call that I was going to be an astronaut, right? I remember I can't swim, Mike. I know you could hardly swim. I was afraid of heights. I couldn't swim, and I was claustrophobic. So I had the, <laughs> did you, know, you put, I had the trifecta. You did, know did you I mean? put did, that on the application? No, no, no. We were all we were all trying to hide this. We were trying to hide this, right? Like, oh yeah, yeah. I have no problem with uh, claustrophobia. Remember the time, Mike? Me and you went first. We're in the spacesuit. Yeah. I don't know. Were you ever? Did you have claustrophobia, Mike? No, that one I got away with. That was okay. I, the, so the you fear just of had heights. 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 I didn't like the water. I don't like. I don't water. like going fast. You know, I'm not a thrill seeker, but claustrophobia didn't bother me. I grew up, you know, I'm a taller person, and I was, I grew up, my, my my parents, they put me in the same bed as my brother who was shorter, so I was used to being crushed. You know, I grew up in this little, I had this little, so I don't know, I was very, I was, you know, claustrophobia wasn't wasn't an issue for me. I, I was okay with that. I, I had the same experience, only my brother wasn't that much taller than me, right? But, um, but Garrett, did you have any of those phobias? No. You didn't have any of them. <laughs> wow. No, that's fine. They put me in a little ball, you know, where they test the claustrophobia thing. For when, you, when you're down there for your astronaut interview, they stick you in this ball, uh, and they, they zip it up. It's like, it's like a beach ball. You have to crunch up inside of it. it must have been really uncomfortable for UMass. But, no, that's uh, fine. But, uh, it, you know, they put a little heart rate monitor on you and, they, and they, a little headset so you could talk to people. And then they put in this little tiny room. They close the door. They don't tell you when they're coming back. And they just wait and see if your heartbeat kind of takes off. They know you're claustrophobic. I fell asleep in there. Yeah. I know. Right? I the and they kept waking yeah. me up. I know. I, yeah. And, you know, actually. And they, they, they kept waking me up saying that, like, I'm invalidating the test by falling asleep. I'm like, I think I'm validating the test. <laughs> if I can fall asleep in there, I think I'm fine. Right? That, anyway. That's what I was going to say, Garrett, because, you know, I have claustrophobia, but me and you, we're little guys. They put us in that ball. I was kind of spacious in there, but I couldn't imagine somebody like Massimino climbing in that little ball. So it really wasn't no a good problem. claustrophobia test, obviously, because I passed, right? But um, right. But anyway, I well, but, but you're right, right. It was bigger for us. We could have like called called some friends over and had a party. <laughs> yeah. and you could have called me over, Garrett, but not any big guys like Massimino. Right, right. Tr but, but I wanted to. Go ahead. Go no, ahead. I was going to say you meant. Yeah, you do it. Uh, I, I just want to say you've you've mentioned that you um, you've watched some of our previous broadcasts, and you've heard some <laughs> or, or or listened or whatever, and you heard some of our survival stories. And I think what's interesting about that is yes. that you and I went through a lot of that training together, so you could either verify or re or you know Edit. rebut anything that you've heard. Uh, uh, no, I wanted to give you that I opportunity. I want to add a little. Come on, Charlie. I want to hear yeah. the truth. Let's hear. No, it. this is this is the unvarnished truth, Garrett, and you can always count on me. But I wanted to add a little bit of context because I'm glad you you talked about the story when we were doing survival training and doing water survival, especially that was especially difficult for me and Mike Massimino. And just like Mike, I was trying to practice before I went down there. So I had this Navy SEAL buddy, and, you know, he tried teaching me these strokes. He was he was like old-school Navy SEAL. He was like one of the frogmen. I had a picture of him with uh, a Gemini capsule. Tom Sutherland, great guy, crazy guy. And he says, yeah, Charlie, I'll help you get ready for this, for this training. So he takes me in the swimming pool. He's trying to put me through all the strokes. When he finally figures out that I cannot swim, 
<laughs> he says, this is the only stroke you really need. And it was this survival stroke that they that they teach the Navy SEALs, which is basically you jump in the pool, you put your foot with your head with the, your face in the water. And you keep your face in the water. And then when you want to breathe, you just move your hands a little bit together like this. Pick your head up, breathe, and you put your head. And I could do that, right? <laughs> But we get we get down the astronaut office. You got to do the front crawl. You got to do the side stroke. You got to do the breast stroke. You got to do the back stroke. And it's like, why do you need all these strokes, really? I mean, and, and what good are they for? Is there a purpose for these strokes other than the Olympics, right? I'm just glad we didn't have to do the butterfly. Can you imagine if we had to do the butterfly? With our boots on, trying to go, you know. But anyway, Mike, you talked about the one thing you mentioned, and I thought I was the only guy that, that saw this, right? But our instructor in the pool. And this guy was a, a little guy, like about my height, and he, but he had he was like a cross between Johnny Weissmeller and, um, and uh, who was the other guy? Like, Jack LaLanne. Anyway, he, and Jack I swear to God, when Mike said this, what impressed you about this yeah. guy, Mike, is that his body was out of the water. Did you not have the same guy, Garrett? He had to. I don't that guy started back in back the Revolutionary there, yeah. War, and he's still there now. I guarantee it. <laughs> This guy's always there. <laughs> if you would have had this guy, you would remember him. John Paul he did. Jones he was the first swim? guy. And now he's, I mean, he's got he a wrote a survival wow. book. A matter yeah. of fact, I bought this survival book, right? But exactly what wow. Mike said, he stood out of the water. He was in the middle of the pool, and I swear to God, he had his two hands on his hips like this, and his entire torso was out of the water. It's like Jesus. And he's talking to us like, today you're going to do two laps of the breaststroke, and then you're going to do the side stroke. And he's he's talking like this. And his feet must have been doing, you know, the egg beater underneath yeah. the water like this. He must have had he was like... He must have had the, uh, the, the metabolism of a freaking hummingbird. But he was... And he was just, he was just talking naturally. He was just talking naturally. Wow. But... Wow. The other story Mike told, but wait, which George, was let, about me. Let's just go back for one second. Johnny Weissmuller, for those of you who don't know, Garrett, do you know who he was? <laughs> I know. He's I know, Tarzan. Tarzan. Oh, right. And Buster yeah. Crab was this guy, yeah. you know, was like an exercise yeah. guy back in the day, back like in the 60s. Not no, no, Jack, Jack, Jack LaLanne. Lalanne. I'm sorry, whoever it was. Jack LaLanne was, uh, no, no, was an no, exercise no, no. guy. Bill Shepperson. Bill Shepperson, yeah. Buster Crab was another one of those Tarzan guys. Buster Crab. No, no. No, Buster Crab, it was, was a Buster? silent movie. No, that's no. Buster Keaton. That was Charlie that's Chaplin. Some... <laughs> that was Charlie <laughs> Chaplin. No, that's Gloria. That's Gloria Swanson. Oh, he was, he was, Buster Crab, he was, uh, he was, I, he was one Gordon, of those right? guys. Anyway, so, but, all right, so yeah, Charlie, yeah, okay. go back to your story. The story you told about yeah, me. Right. The story you told about me, and this is absolutely true. Mike and I were standing on the side of the pool with Pierce Sellers. God God rest his soul. Pierce was an amazing guy. He was actually helping us. <laughs> he was helping us learn how to swim. You got to remember, Garrett, we had a class of 44. We weren't all nice guys like in your class. This was doggy dog. <laughs> this was doggy dog. We wanted to fly in space, and I. they would... some. Some of our good friends would throw you under the bus to fly in space. We're not going to mention any names. But Pierce Sellers, <laughs> Pierce Sellers was standing on the side of the pool with Mike yeah. when I jumped in. 
And you heard Mike's perspective. He said he looked down, he saw bubbles coming up, he saw me standing on the bottom of the pool. And then he went off to the side and he said, I better learn how to blow into this life preserver well, unit, well, LPU. Well, truthfully, the first <laughs> thing I said was, as I went to one of those Navy guys, one of those rescue swimmer guys, and I said, hey, look down there, that guy has a problem. If you if you don't help, if you kill him, there's going to be a lot of paperwork. You know, and not like the other. And, and you know, if you kill one of us, there's going to be paperwork. Just and it, boom, he went in. Here. You know, not not for nothing, Mike. I, I thought you were pretty much of a douchebag that wouldn't jump in and save me. But when you mentioned that you really did, you know, try to get somebody to help me, you might have saved my life. I don't, well, the other thing, Charlie, if I would have jumped in to get you, there would have been two bodies at the bottom of the of the pool. So I, I did it for both. You know, you go get him. Go get I, him, I, and, and Piers and I are going to figure out how to work this this life preserver or whatever it was. I, I think I think I must have had a learning disorder when I was a kid. I must have had ADD. Whatever the problem was, I was so scared. I was terrified, and I just had like a, a flashback not too long ago about the terror that I felt standing on the side of that pool knowing that I had to jump in. And while this person is explaining to us, well, here's what you have to do. You have to grab the nozzle like this, but whatever you do, don't jump in and try to blow air into that LPU. Tread water, get comfortable, and and, I, and I'm, I'm like, I'm not paying attention to anything. I said, screw this guy. The minute I go in there, I'm going to jump in. I'm going to lock my lips around that valve, and I'm going to blow everything in my lungs into this life preserver. Then I'll come up to the top of the water. I'll take a breath, and then I'll blow another. And so that was my plan. I did not hear the details. I did not hear the details of how to blow the air. So I jump in on the side of the on the side of the pool. I jump in. I think I was the first one to jump in, which was what terrified Mike. Right? I jump in and I go straight to the bottom. I have boots on. We got combat boots on. We got a life. We got a, 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 a what you call it, a parachute harness. Straight to the bottom of the pool. I'm on the bottom of the pool with my lips around this thing, still blowing, still blowing. And all of a sudden, and I'm standing. I feel this tug. This guy is like, pulled me up. The diver that Mike basically pointed to pulled me up to the top of the pool and I come up. And I'm exhausted, I'm exhausted. I go to the side of the pool, I do it again. I do it again. I did it about six times, Garrett. I did this six times. On the last time it was like, I'm almost gonna like give up. I'm gonna say, you know what? I don't wanna be an astronaut. The, the, the diver is looking at, at me. At any point here, did they like, oh, maybe I should change the plan? No, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, maybe, maybe this is a bad no, plan. It's a bad yeah, career, right, bad yeah, career right. choice is what he was thinking. Bad career it's choice. the definition yeah. of insanity. Yeah, yeah. The same thing, expecting a different outcome every yeah. time, right? It's the definition of insanity. I look up at the side of the pool, and the diver looks down at me, and he goes, you know, Charlie, <laughs> you're supposed to push that little stem in before you blow into the life preserve. And I saw this guy at dinner that night, and I said, you know, why didn't you tell me that? Why didn't you tell me that? The first time you saw me struggling, he said, Charlie, when I told you that, your eyes lit up like silver. I said, no kidding. No kidding. It, it, it was crazy. And But you want to know what, what's even, even crazier, Mike? Yeah. 
Later on, I was at one of those Association for Space Explorer yeah. dinners. Did you ever go to? Did you ever join Association of Space Explorer? I'm, I'm a lifetime member, apparently. Uh, okay, yeah. you jo- you That's joined. Right. Barry, I never, you a I member? Never, I'm a, life, I'm never a lifetime been to, member. I've never too. been to an well, event yet. Only the, the virtual I'm events they've had a couple. This, yeah, me neither. I, me neither. Yeah. I, I'm always too busy. I'm telling you. I think I think it's a great thing. Like once you're retired and you got time to do this stuff, I, you know. Exactly. I, I, you know, you got to go to Hungary <laughs> in the middle of October for a week. Who's got time to do that? I was in Austria. I was in Austria. Anyway. <laughs> but when I was there. I got kids. Yeah, we got to wait. It's something we'll do when we're, if we make it if we make it a little bit further along here, uh, yeah. age-wise, and we'll, we'll all meet over there. But right now, we're trying to work for a living. Still, okay. believe yeah. it or not. Okay, okay, yeah. thanks a lot, Mike. Now you now you like tell an age. No, joke. no, no. But what I was gonna say, we're all in the same boat. <laughs> no, no, we're all no, in the same boat. No, 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 no. You're still working. No, no. We all know who Johnny. Look, look, look. We all know who Johnny Weissmeller and Jack Lolaine are. Yeah. So we're obviously of the we same, fell, uh, I, same I, age. I, I, we we fell short anyway. with Buster Crab, but we had the rest of them. <laughs> Buster Crab. Right. What about Bill Shepard? We're not exactly appealing to the young, yeah. younger demographic. But it, anyway, was that? I was. I was at one of those. This might be bad for your brand, Charlie. I was at one of those uh, meetings, right? And I was telling this story to Jerry Ross. And Jerry looks at me and says, well, I didn't pass the scuba test. I said, what are you yeah. talking about? He said, no, I never passed the scuba test. This, is, this guy flew in space like six, seven Sorry. times. He did God knows how many EVAs, right? And he didn't ha- and I. But Mike, if I would have known we didn't have to pass this test, I would have tapped out on the first time. I'm done. But What's I think that might be two different things, though, Charlie, because the survival, the water survival thing, we needed that to fly in the airplane. We were down there in Pensacola to fly in the jet in case you bailed out of the airplane, in case you ejected out of the airplane. Oh, so maybe you didn't need it for scuba. The scuba, so the scuba thing scuba. was worse. That scuba uh, test we had to go through, do you remember that? That was... Yes, for the I NBL, for the that's NBL. probably what Jerry. I don't for know if he NBL, didn't pass anything, but yeah, yeah. But you didn't because yeah. I think there was. I don't think you needed to be scuba certified to go inside of the spacesuit and train for spacewalks. They would not let you scuba dive in the pool. But I think the oh, official okay. rule probably was. But it was kind of assumed by us because we didn't know any better that you needed to be scuba qualified in order to do. And you really did because I don't know how you you learned so much when you scuba when you went scuba diving. <laughs> But that scuba test, that scuba test was worse than I mean, the there, water survival, from what I remember. Uh, oh it yes, was, it was. And, 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 and the other thing, there, were, there weren't too many tests they give you at NASA that are. Like, yeah, right. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I think so. I think. <laughs> I think. I think he, <laughs> like, hey, take you know, go to the simulator, learn how to fly <laughs> yeah. the shuttle if you want. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It, it might have been. I think he grandfathered. I think Jerry works. Ross grandfathered his way into that one. You know, he just had a he grant. He, I think that rule might have changed, or who knows what happened. But, but uh, yeah, I don't see how he. I don't think we, yeah. they would have never let us get away with that yeah. in in one of our astronaut clubs. You're absolutely, absolutely not. Mike. Right? The scuba test, the scuba test was definitely. Hard. I remember the scuba test. Not, not the we want, Harder. but the scuba test. We remember we had to do that ditch and don. Remember that thing we had to go down. It was unassisted. Yes. That was the. T- I thought that yeah. was the toughest thing. You had to go down there and 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 take off the without any air. Right, you had to do a breath hold, yeah. foot, 40 breath feet, hold, 40 come feet, back yeah. up, yeah. and you could tread water for as long as you wanted. They said there's no time; you can for an hour and a half if you want to tread water. 
But eventually, you got to go back down. Which, which wasn't no. long. Well, you didn't want to do your straight time. You had to go take a breath and go back down and get all that stuff on. And then come up and clear the mask. Remember that? With no air. You couldn't. You had, it was all breath hold. You had to clear And if you had any water in the mask, they're like, nope, do it again. So so I remember I yeah, got that go thing do done. I was like, I'm never going to I'm never gonna do this again. And we had to stay current in the in the uh, in scuba to do that, right? Yeah, yeah because you don't want to have to re-qualify. You don't want to have to requalify. So I was flying with Kevin Kriegel, and he said, he goes, you know what happened? I go, what? He goes, he goes, my scuba qual lapsed, right? And Kevin was a pilot, so he wasn't looking to do a, a spacewalk or anything. So I said, really, what are you going to do? You're going to take the, you're gonna have to take that test again? He goes, I'm not going to take that test again until they change it. I go, what do you mean? He goes, it's too hard right now. Something's going to happen, and they're going to have to change it, and I'm not taking it until they change it. No kidding. Like a year or two after that, someone had a, a shallow water blackout doing that thing. They passed out, and then they went down and got him, and then he said, all right, that's it. You're not doing that anymore. And he was right. Smart guy. He goes, no, that's too tough. But that was, a, that was I thought, the toughest thing that yeah. they had us doing was that thing. That's, that's, that's interesting that you say that, Mike, because – the hardest thing for me in that whole scuba test, I cannot hold my breath for a long time. You know, and I don't know why, but I tried and tried. I remember Mike and me lived in the same neighborhood. We used to go to the same swimming pool, and we would practice. And I, I remember we were doing all the things that people tell you not to do, like hyperventilate <laughs> before so that you hyperventilate, and then you go, and you dive in, and you see how far you could go. And so we had to swim like across the entire width of the of the MBL. Yeah. That was the hardest Underwater. thing for me. Yeah. I felt like if I was ever going to black out, yeah. I was going to black out. Yeah, that I was that. okay with, but somebody else. Charlie, you, ahead, mentioned, you, you mentioned um, swimming in your pool growing up uh, in the neighborhood there. I remember a story. Would you, would you, would you tell the story about your fishing expedition? <laughs> And what would happen with that pool? First, I remember that. I, st- I remember that to this day. First, tell you told me, me that probably like twenty years ago. First, and that's a hysterical. G- Garrett, who told you this story? We, are you allowed to reveal? You told. I me. told you this story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, 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 like. It was like you know, twenty years ago. No more. No, no. Probably, it was like, like twenty-five 40, years, 50 ago, years ago. No, but anyway, I was, uh, I was a troubled child to say the least. No. I <laughs> I, I had problems. I had problems, and, and that's another whole. That's another whole major episode. But I grew up in Ozone Park, Queens, which was right next to uh, Howard Beach. You know, John Gotti and all this. So I grew up. It was a. It was not a tough neighborhood, but but anyway, we were bad kids. We used to get in a little trouble, and I was fishing in in uh, in Rockaway. Me and my friends were there, and we're casting out from the shore. And we're trying to catch a fish. And we're casting out. And my line got tangled. And it just went like 10 feet out and dropped in the water. And I get a sand shark. And this thing hits me. And I pull this sand shark in. So all my friends are all excited. My friend, can I mention his name? Joe Ponte oh, yeah. was there. One of the, you know, and he starts, sure. he starts beating the crap out of this thing. He kills, <laughs> he kills the land shark, I think. The sand shark with his hand. Only only New Yorkers would go fishing and then beat their catch to death with clubs. This was was a vicious. This was a vicious predator. That he. Oh, your friend, your friend of the shark. Who was the vicious predator? (laughs) Tom, uh, Tony Conti. What's his name? Joe Ponte. Ponte. Good friend, Joe Ponte. Joe Ponte. That's that's another. You know, everybody had a Joe Ponte in this neighborhood. He was he was a great guy, and that's another whole. 
several episodes. But anyway, he kills the shark. I'm like, Joe, take it easy. He's like punching the shark. He's hitting it. He kills the shark. And he said, what are we going to do with this shark? So he says, let's take it back to the neighborhood and let's throw it in the swimming pool. He killed pool. the shark. Right he, wait a minute. He killed the shark with his bare hands? He didn't have a bat or anything. He just yeah. beat it up. I, I don't think he had he a just bat. Beat, beat up I, the I don't shark. think he had a bat because all we had... All we had were fishing poles, and he wasn't hitting it with a fishing pole. I all think right, he okay. just punched all right, it so, that. So his idea then is to take this thing to the swimming pool. To take it back to the swimming pool. So we had my father's car. We carried the shark. We put it in the trunk. We take it back. We take it back to the little neighborhood park, Centerville Park in Ozone Park. We had a little four-foot pool, which was a big deal. But we had a lifeguard, and no one was there. We crept into the park. We put the shark in the pool. And then the next day we figured, okay, we'll see, we'll see what happens. Cause my friend was the lifeguard and he didn't care. He was, he was anxious to have a day off anyway. Right. So we come in there and I remember the, the parky sees me coming in. He says, I know you threw that shark in the pool, Kamada. I know you threw that Get on the outside. On the, he kicked me out of the park. I wasn't allowed in the neighborhood park. I think I was suspended for like a week or two, which was a major big deal when we were kids. But I mean, is that not something you would have thought of to do in your neighborhood, Garrett? I don't know about my neighborhood, but it reminds me of a story. So my dad grew up in Newark, all right? And uh, he got a job as a lifeguard at the YMCA in, in, in uh, Newark. And he's on, he's on, he's on he's up in the lifeguard stand. It's his first day in the job. He, he like just got there. He didn't. He didn't. He didn't know anything about the place or the layout or anything. And a kid comes up to him like five minutes after he's on the job, and he goes, "Mr. Lifeguard, Mr. Lifeguard, I got to go to the bathroom." And my dad doesn't know where the bathrooms are, so he goes, uh, "Just go in the pool, kid." <laughs> and so, like five minutes later, all the kids are jumping out of the pool, going, "Duty, duty!" You know, oh, it's like man. that scene in Caddyshack. <laughs> the kid took a dump in the pool. <laughs> he didn't tell him it was number no, two. <laughs> no, he didn't tell him. My dad thought he had to pee. <laughs> <laughs> And so my dad's like, oh, man. So, like, you know, this isn't going well. And and, and, the, and, and his boss hears a commotion. So his boss comes running down to the pool from, like, the office or whatever. And he, and he goes to the little kid, why did you, you know, did you do that? And the kid goes, yes. And he goes, why did you do that? And the little kid goes, he told me to. And he points right at my dad. <laughs> and my dad's like, eh, you know. And, and, and then... Then his boss goes, Reisman, you're fired. Now clean that up. And my and my dad goes, wait a minute, I'm fired. He goes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He goes, well then you clean it up. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the end of his career as a well, as a lifeguard. Yeah, that that was guy it. was not too smart, right, Garrett? He yeah, fired five years before said, oh, that's great. to clean it up. Yeah, now you have... <laughs> hey guys, you know I. Yeah, you got to string my long no, until you get the not, dirty I think we're out of we're out of time. <laughs> and I'm getting the I'm getting the time here, so that went quick. But wow, that Charlie, went fast. if you can hang around, we'll do another we'll do another episode that we can. Uh, you want got some more? You got some more? Pay we haven't even gotten. We haven't even scratched the surface. I got I got like I, I got like ten yeah, pages right, okay. here. We we didn't even get past the first. <laughs> well, we're gonna page. we're gonna sign this. We're gonna sign off the, uh, this one here, right. and we'll uh, we'll be back with another episode with Charlie uh, coming up here uh, shortly.
Yes, oh. but before we do, before we do, Charlie, what what are you working yeah, on these days? What do you what do you got going? Is there something you want to talk? No, about? No, no, yeah, no. Um, I'm I'm uh, do I'm writing a book on high performing teams, and and we could talk about that maybe maybe later. But a lot of the you know I worked for NASA for forty six years, and so a lot of teams I worked on when I was at Langley, a lot of teams that I worked on even for return to flight on my mission. So I'm in the process of writing a book where I'm uh, going to be doing a podcast. Um, and we're creating a podcast called Leading Edge Discovery, where, you know, I was on the return to flight mission. And what I want to do is showcase the really great subject matter experts from the different research centers that basically did the, the lion's share of the work in understanding what caused the the accident and um, helping us get back up and flying, developing the technology to keep us safe. Cool. And we know you're doing a lot Very of work cool. in education as well, Charlie. That's great. Yeah, I, yeah, and that's another thing. If if we talk about Don Pettit, you know, this is one of the things uh, later yep. that we could talk about with Don Pettit that led into the education part, the stuff we did in Don Pettit's garage. Well, we have a lot of material for some more uh, some more episodes. Cool. I think we're going to we'll call this one now. What do you think, Garrett? And uh, well. Yeah, we'll I think a, that we should wrap this up now. And, we'll get a part two we'll, with we'll Charlie get, we'll here coming one. up. So stay tuned for that, <laughs> folks. Yeah. More Massimino, more Garrett. We got some Garrett stories. <laughs> Mainly we want, we, we want Charlie right. stories. That's right. So 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 come back. <laughs> we want Charlie stories, yeah. They're funnier. So uh, come back for that. And in the meantime, make sure you like and subscribe to our channel. Yeah. That helps us out very yeah, much. Thank actually, you. Actually, we'd uh, rather you listening. subscribe and like than listen. That's actually, so at this point, but if you listen, right. we hope you like it. For real. Okay. Thanks, That's right. We hope you like it. We hope you like it. Thanks for coming. Hey, Mike, I have an errata for the Joe Ponte story. I just called him up and he clarified we did not kill the shark, but he did hit it with his hands. We brought it back to the park in a cooler. It was actually alive, and it was actually swimming in the pool for a couple of hours before it died. So that's the that's the actual version of the story. I had to call him up to clarify it, but I got one thing right. He did beat it with his hands. He knocked it out. <laughs> Talk to you later, buddy. Bye.